the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. How about a plot twist? We got fireworks in the background. I am live from Guaranteed Rate Field as the Brewers don't matter how you win it. If it's ugly, if it's pretty, as long as it's winning. And the Brewers get it done. Third straight extra inning game. They win in 10 today by a 7-6 to final. We'll have Craig Kishan join us in just a little bit. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join in on the program here this evening as, uh, man, the Brewers, it was one of those games that, the Brewers maybe should have been up ten to nothing very early in this game, and they could have been down like six to nothing at some points in this game. It was a wacky, weird, ugly at times game. This game's certainly not going in the Louvre, that's for sure. <laughs> this was uh, an odd one, but sometimes, just like Wednesday, winning ugly is just winning. We'll break down some of the actual stuff that's gone wrong for the Brewers here as of late, and. Look, you can't ask Corbin Burns to be superhuman every single time he takes the ball and ride a razor-thin margin. It was due. It was time for the Brewers' offense to pick up their ace because he has really, and the whole pitching staff for that matter, has kept the Brewers in so many games, given them an opportunity, given the offense the chance to say, look, if you give us a little bit, we've got you. And today, finally, that script flipped, saying, hey, Burns, we got you, man. Don't worry. It's been a minute. We'll take care of you here. They get him off the hook. In fact, I mean, they gave him the lead heading into the uh, bottom of the sixth inning. He was trying to finish that sixth inning. He went five and two-thirds. He did not get the final out. That was Elvis Peguero. But then Peguero, with a couple of paper cuts against him, a tough luck blown save in the uh, bottom of the seventh inning to tie the game at six at the time. And then uh, zeros from uh, Piomps and Devin Williams. How dominant was that ninth inning from Devin Williams as well? Uh, and then Mark Canna, the hero once again, an RBI double in the top of the 10th, just like he did in the bottom of the 10th on Wednesday. And uh, the Brewers didn't have a lot of offense, but they had enough. They had 11 hits. Only two of them were for extra bases. The solo homer from Caratini and the double to give the Brewers the lead in the 10th by Canna. But another positive from this is they had seven walks. So I saw a few folks on social media asking me, well, look what happens when you just put the ball in play, right? Just put the ball in play like the the White Sox are doing for the most part. The Brewers, their version of ball in play, they do that for a, a pretty good job. But their version of put the ball in play is drawing walks and working good at bats. And that's what we see tonight. You wear down a pitching staff and good things are bound to happen. So Seven walks in addition to those 11 hits, 18 base runners, a ton of traffic all night. And, you know, on the exterior, you say 5 for 17 with runners in scoring position. That's terrible, Dom. Why would why would you be proud of that? But if you extrapolate that out to, like, a, a week of a player's at-bats, that's, that's a 294 batting average. You're not that mad at that. So you see that big at-bat number and you get frustrated. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Brewers did their job offensively tonight. No, but they did enough. Okay, I, are you satisfied with 5 for 17? Absolutely not. But it's still 294. It's not as bad as you think. You know, if this game was 
seven to two, you're like, all right, well, hey, they got a ton of traffic and they couldn't get the big hit. And it seems like this team is cursed when it comes to getting the bases loaded. It's just been wild that they can't get the job done with the bases loaded. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This text from Josh in Milwaukee. Thank goodness for the W. It wasn't pretty, but we'll take it. Abner Uribe looks like he can be something special. Absolutely, Josh. I agree with that statement. I'll have a, I had a little conversation with uh, Abner earlier today here in the clubhouse. And I just went up to Abner and I said, hey, man, I, simple thing. I just want to know how you grip your pitches because he's somebody that the stuff is so nasty. You're thinking maybe he's doing something uh, different than others. Maybe he's, you know, doing a, a different grip or he's feeling finger pressure because he's getting such nasty stuff and having such velo with it, too. And he literally, I asked him, hey, can you show me your, your four seam, your two seam, and your, and your slider grip? He shows me a stereotypical four-seam grip, a stereotypical two-seam grip, and then his slider is his two-seam grip. He just gets to the side of it as opposed to throwing it over the top. That's it. A God-given ability to throw hard and throw a nasty sinker like that. What an incredible body he is going to become. First career big league save. Last save hasn't been since June when he was with Biloxi. But... He is now the youngest brewer to record a save since Freddie Peralta in 2019. He got one save at the age of 23 years old, 23 and 50 days. Abner is 23 and 52 days today. Uh, To go further back, anyone younger to have a save would go all the way back to 2005. It was Dana Eveland, 21 years old at the time. He got the save back in 2005. And then you go even further back. To 1980, Dave LaPointe was the last player to be younger than uh, the last three saves are 2019, 2005, and 1980 to be younger than Abner Uribe to have uh, a save at that age. So congratulations to Abner getting his first one out of the way. I had a really good conversation with Carlos Villanueva, currently uh, one of the organization's pitching coordinators and big help with the Latin uh, players and prospects coming up in the organization. And, and Villa was telling me that he is so proud of Abner because of you know some maturity stuff and some mental coaching and being able to adjust through adversity. And it, it, the video, of course, went viral of him calling his parents that he was going to the big leagues in that moment of him sobbing his eyes out on the trunk of a car. And, and Villanueva was telling me, yeah, we knew that was coming because this dude has put in so much work. Every piece of the organization has touched him, meaning pitching development, meaning mental development, meaning even injury development because, remember, he had that torn meniscus last season and he missed the majority of the season. The big leagues have now had a hand on him as well. He, everybody has seen this kid grow up in the organization. To see him have success, for Craig Council to trust him, with the lead in the bottom of the 10th inning on the road after having an awful outing on Tuesday night against the Rockies. Get right back on the saddle and get after a young man. Kudos to him. Congratulations. What a night for Admiral Uribe and the rest of the Brewers. We'll break this game down a little bit deeper uh, with Craig Kishon once his television duties are finished. Uh, I also want you to join on to my Twitter poll or X poll, whatever you want to call it these days. Uh, I simply ask our player of the game after wins, who is your player of the game? I've got options up there. Can is clutch double. 
Devin Williams striking out the side. Uribe's first save, or you can also welcome in a write-in reply as well. Uh, this one from Brewer Sooner. Hard to pin someone down to say they were the best of the game. That's a great problem to have when you win. I agree with that in uh, indeed. Shane saying, Freelick, run-saving catch, run-creating base running. Yes, I thought he was wreaking havoc today. Sal Freelick being the spark plug as advertised once again. And Max tweeting in, it's got to be Victor. And Victor is a great pick as well. A home run, a well-called game behind the plate for Vic. But the Brewers, that pulls up for a few more minutes on my Twitter at Dom, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O, Dom, Cot, Ron, E-O. Go ahead and find me there on social media as we roll on with the program. We'll be going all the way to midnight tonight. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with the local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving local businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Craig's going to join us in just a little bit. I'm Dom Catronio, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Fireworks in the background here at Guaranteed Rate Field. Stay tuned for more reaction on Brewers Extra. Brewers Extra Innings. They had the uh, white Cadillac out here at Guaranteed Rate Field. It was Elvis night here, in case you missed it during the uh, broadcast. Uh, Elvis impersonator did a little concert of covers before the uh, fireworks show, which just ended, and the uh, white Cadillac is now heading its way out to center field. Craig Kashan joining us now here on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio. The Brewers win in 10, 7-6. Craig, I'm going to hit you with a hard one real quick here. Uh, your favorite Elvis song of all time, go. Oh, dude, uh, Blue Suede Shoes. All right, easy enough. I, I love it. I mean, Hound Dog's a classic for me. I, I don't mind <laughs> for it. For a quick but hit it... on a guy that does not have much in his head, that was actually pretty good on my part. <laughs> well done, man. That's why you're a pro. This is why you're a pro. Uh, Craig Kishon, my friend, my goodness, what do we got to do to get this team to not play a close extra inning game? Three in a row and four of their last six, but yet they prevail once again. What stuck out to you about this one? Well, you know, I'm just looking at this overall picture as we get, uh, you know, midway through August and and just the fact that, yes, they played 11 extra inning games. They played three in a row. Uh, They don't score much. They usually win when games are low scoring. This just has uh, Craig Council's footprint all over it once again as they try to, you know, make a playoff run here. I mean, they're maintaining a two-and-a-half game lead in their division here right now. And just the fact that you can go up and down offensively and the pitching staff in this one, and a lot of guys should get credit. Uh, it's not easy coming back after being down 5-2. to two. It's not easy to, to win a game when your ace is off. Um, and it was a surprise ending, too. I, I think having a rebay out there uh, is almost a shocker, to be honest with you, considering who is – what veterans were left in the bullpen that could easily have picked up the 10th and have picked up the 10th before in a game like this. So uh, we're, we're seeing where this, uh, where Craig Council wants to take his lineup and he wants to take his pitchers here right now, and it is becoming dominated by, by these young guys and these rookies. Just a text from Justin in Kansas City. Great win. A win is a win. Seven runs is good. 
could have had more, but seeing Christian Yelich get intentionally walked is a good sight to see. Going down this box score real quick with you, Craig. I mean, almost everybody had a hit. Uh, of course, the only two guys that didn't have a hit today were the two hottest hitters coming into this game, Andrew Monasterio and Bryce Terang. Andrew did reach base with a walk, but Bryce went 0 for 5 today, and he got some TV time with MLB tonight, of course, so it's funny how that always works. But 5 for 17 doesn't tell the whole story with runners in scoring position. 12 runners left on base, certainly not great, but more often than not, as this team, their model is, when we get traffic... Good things happen eventually. And quite frankly, this team has struggled to score runs. And to see them pick up Burns the way they did with uh, five runs in the fifth inning or later, I I think that's a huge hurdle that they've been having trouble having to clear lately. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, you know, the, the, we're seeing more games where the, this team is scoring more runs than they have all season long and not winning. And, and so it just, it just goes to show that, if if the offense looks like it's becoming a little more consistent, even though we all want to see them score more runs, as, as you mentioned, Don, they're getting a lot of traffic, uh, but they are scoring more runs than, than we're used to seeing probably at any point this season. So keep doing that, and, you know, eventually they're going to come out on top like they did tonight because they have really good relief pitching. I mean, the relievers went – I think four and a third tonight and only gave up a run. You take that any day when when situations are like what we saw, the, the offense for both sides was going back and forth pretty much every every inning until it got late. Michael Kopech had five walks and four strikeouts today. They really let him off the hook in the first inning, loading the bases and failing to add on. Uh, the Brewers did get a run in the first two batters of the game. With them, were you know they had the Victor Caratini home run to tie the game in the second. Very quietly, Victor Caratini has had a solid season. Two for four tonight. He's hitting two fifty two this season, uh, a seven thirty one OPS. And as your backup catcher with an OPS over seven hundred, that's pretty darn good. Furthermore, the underlying stuff, his hard hit rates are up. He's uh, getting making more contact this season, fewer strikeouts. He ambushes quite frequently. And for a guy that's not in there every day, he's only got 169 plate appearances this year. For him to be performing the way he is, not only behind the plate with picks and framing, but to have an offensive piece like Vic, Victor Caratini, to be able to have the luxury of having both Vic and Contreras in the order and feel like you're really adding to your offense, that's something the Brewers haven't had the last couple of seasons. The one thing that I love tonight about Victor Caratini, uh, when Corbin Burns struggled in that first inning uh, because mainly a catch wasn't made that should have been made out there, and that, that pissed him off. You could just tell he was livid, but he had to maintain control, and then he ends up having a really long first inning and giving up a couple of runs. So he, he started working with the lead. He slipped on the mound, I think, on the – second or third pitch of the game and the training staff and counts came out to look at him. So a lot of stuff is happening in that first inning, but he gives up the lead and he, he, you know, pitchers yell into their glove. They, they yell on their walk back to the dugout. And he did that two or three times as I saw it. And then when he got into the dugout, he yelled all the way across the dugout, let's go. So he's, he's saying to his team, 
okay, we have an opportunity to score more runs here, but more importantly, let's play better baseball. Let's be who we are. That's how I read that. And then who picks him up right away in the Brewer half of inning number two? It's his battery mate, Caratini, leading off with the game-tying home run. That That's the Victor Caratini that, that you're describing and then some right now with his importance to this team right now. I don't want to be on the other end of a Corbin Burns yell. I mean, I know. I, I, that dude's intense no. on game day, man. He's uh, he's yep. not Max Scherzer intense, you know, where it's like, don't touch me, don't look at me, but he he's up there to do a job. And you could see it, too, when Andrews just poked that single through the right side and he knew his night was probably going to be done, how mad he was to not be able to finish that sixth inning. I want to wrap this segment with that. The fact that, you know, that's a little moment that may not go noticed, and especially since the Brewers gave him the lead in the top half of that sixth inning. He was at 95 pitches. And he goes back out there. He's the first guy back out on the field in the bottom of the sixth inning. He wanted to finish that bottom half of the sixth so bad. Council did not give him the chance to lobby his way in. I'm on Council's side on this one tonight. You don't let Tim Anderson poke a single because that's what he's there to do. Get a single, get a hit, get on base, and extend it for the big boppers like Benintendi and Jimenez to follow and make it a bigger mess. I know Corbin wanted to finish those six innings again and keep that streak going. But to go back out there with 95 pitches, that's some ace-like behavior right there. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, you know, sometimes I get a little surprised by what I see, but uh, what I'm not surprised at is is Corbin Burns. Um, his intent to win uh, is off the charts here right now, and you can just tell there are certain parts of the game that he might be struggling, and then there are certain parts of the game where you know he is simply taking over. And I really thought uh, in – in that fourth inning when he gave up another run, um, there's still a runner at first. And he gets, and there's only one out, he gets the next two batters. And then in the fifth came out, kind of with a, a vengeance, got a strikeout, uh, Moncada to start things out, has a one, two, three fifth inning. And so he's in position to come out and pitch that six. It's too bad he wasn't able to finish it out. It's too bad. You know, he wasn't able to get the win here tonight after after everything that transpired, too. But nonetheless, the team wins when he's out there. That's going to be the bottom line. And and hopefully everybody's learning something along the way, uh, whether you're a position player or you're somebody else on that pitching staff right now, on what kind of will it takes to win because he, he has got that, I think, more than anybody right now on this team. He's he's certainly got that. The uh, poll results are in from Twitter as for our player of the game, which is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Uh, Twitter believes they're going to give it to Abner Uribe for his first career save, 52% of the vote of 185 votes. So Abner Uribe gets it. It's brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. More with Craig and your texts and calls, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings rolls on. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Brewers in 10, 7-6. The final tonight, Mark Canna. The hero once again. I'm Dom Catronio with Craig Kishan for one more segment as well. Craig, let's uh, start this, this this segment with our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by NX Wealth Management in another closed game. It could have gone either way. You take it first. What was your difference-making moment in the win tonight? 
Well, I, I think this one may not have gone extra innings, and the Brewers may have cruised to a victory if they would have scored more in the sixth inning, Dom. I know they already had uh, two runs across, but you look at the the whole entirety of the sixth inning. They sent uh, eight batters up, and to score only two runs, they had four hits. They had a walk. There was an error in that inning as well. Um, all the benefits that they needed, and, and somehow – uh, just the two runs. Now, am I being picky? Am I being more so greedy? Yes. At, at some point, this these these situations for Milwaukee are, have got to turn into big innings, and and that obviously was ripe to happen. It uh, they just got to score more, and obviously they won't be in these extra inning situations. But hey, a win is a win. I get it. So Contreras technically gets an RBI single for that bases loaded hit when uh, Aaron Bummer just completely botched that play. But that's now only two hits uh, in their last 13 at-bats with a runner in scoring position. The other hit is the Blake Perkins uh, walk-off single uh, against the Pirates last week. So yes, there's something about them with the bases loaded this season. My difference-making moment is going to be in the bottom of the eighth inning. Pioms walks the leadoff man. Colas drops down a perfect bunt, and Andrews lifts a fly ball down the right field line. It would have been a foul ball, so it's not going to be a, a play where you say, oh, a run could have scored on it. But Sal Freelich puts the body on the line, jumps into the extended netting, makes the catch, and fires it back in. Now, the runner did tag to go from second to third, but you just think, with the way that Andrews is known as a hitter, he didn't strike out tonight, he got robbed a couple of times, including that great play by Freelich. If you give him an extra chance to get a base hit on L this night, my money was on that he was going to get the job done. And the fact that Freelich went into the stands and made that play, whew, wow, that was some serious guts by him. Freelich is, and, and I said this on our TV postgame show, and it, it's, it's no disrespect to today's player, but he's not today's player. He is yesterday's player. He is a throwback and I love every minute of it. We, we see the same approach at the plate when he's on the bases and anywhere in the outfield that he is playing. I, I haven't seen too many guys be willing to go in what looked like to me like in the middle of that net, knowing that he's going to get a kickback directly out of it and not get caught. He didn't get caught. He knew exactly what he was doing. And on the replay, Dom, it clearly shows – he never once looked at the net. He just knew where he was, and he knew he was going to make a play on that ball. He knew he was going to get a kickback out of there as well, because if he doesn't, uh, there's there's a chance that, uh, you know, a run scores out of all that. So uh, I, I love it. It's great. I love that guy. I really do. He's been really, really great. What do you make of Willie Adamas starting to show signs of life again? Uh, he went one for four tonight, a two-run single, a clutch two-run single, I mind you. That broke a streak of 0 for 18 with runners in scoring position for him. He drew a walk. He went to the opposite field for a deep flyout. He also grounded out. But this is something that I would tell Brewers fans, be patient. It's going to be one at a time kind of thing. But when you see a little sign, okay, let's keep stacking these little moments and see where it takes us by the end of August. Well, I mean, 
he sat for two games after his worst slump of his career uh, and then came back Wednesday and, and hit a home run. And then today in his second game back since sitting out, had that clutch hit. He also drew a walk in the first inning as well. So as much as you can say be patient, Brewer fans, it's more important for Adamas to be patient and not put any more pressure on himself and I and I see signs of that. Um, I think Willie is obviously, and you know this too, Dom, really capable of of you know getting really hot and carrying this team on his back. And I would not be surprised if that happens yet before this season is up. He's just got too much potential not to. But this is a slow process. It you know when when you're in a slump the way he was, and he's not used to it at this level. Um, this is a process to get back, and, and he's made good first steps so far. Tomorrow, Brandon Woodruff will get the ball. It will be at 6.15 here at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, it's on Big Fox, but you can hear it right here with uh, Lane and Josh on WTMJ. Big Woo looked great in his uh, return from the injured list on Sunday against the Pirates, even though it was a game that the Brewers lost, but... I mean, I, I think the formula is pretty much the same, right? More fastballs elevated, good changeups, good sliders, good curveballs, and he's going to have himself a really nice afternoon, in my opinion. Brandon Woodruff, the health seems to be good to go, and, man, what a dream scenario. We get Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta all in a row here against the White Sox. Yeah, I think it's the first time that there are, three of them are pitching in a series together in a little over a year. Um, and obviously the Brewers have endured injuries with these guys along the way. That That's the biggest reason why. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm i still stunned by what we saw after he missed nearly four months with what he did uh, his first time out last week. Five really strong innings for him and didn't walk anybody to top it off, had the nine strikeouts. I'll take giving up two solo home runs in a game any day with any starting pitcher if that's all that happens, and then to be able to dominate after that. Just the mix of all his pitches and looking like he was in total command was really something to see. I, I'm really going to be really excited to watch this game tomorrow night. He should be a lot of fun to watch. Always a pleasure to talk about this with you, Mr. Kashan. We'll be with you again on Sunday. Augie will join us tomorrow, but appreciate your insight as always. Enjoy uh, your fake off day tomorrow. You'll be back with us on the radio on Sunday. You got it, Dom. Talk to you Sunday. All right. Craig Kashan with us here on WTMJ. I want to remind you that the difference-making moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. More to come after this on WTMJ. Innings. Welcome back, Dom Catronio with you. We are going till the top of the hour tonight. Remember, you can catch all of these post-game shows in your podcast feed. Brewers All Access is the name of the feed. You can find these. You can find Brewers 360 in the morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. You can find Brewers Weekly in there as well on Thursday nights when we don't have a game. So a lot to get to uh, throughout the rest of the season. 45 games to go after tonight. The Brewers are now 63-54. and 54. The good news is they won. The bad news is so did the Reds and the Cubs. So the Cubs won 6-2 to over the Blue Jays, and the Reds 
defeated the Pirates 9-2. So the Brewers remain two and a half games clear in the Central Division. As for what the wild card picture looks like, San Diego is en route to another win over the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks are about to lose their ninth straight game. They're now 57 and 59 here shortly, uh, and being under 500, virtually falling out of the playoff picture. Miami tonight taking on the Yankees. They lost tonight, so they are now 60 and 57 on the outside looking in, and once again opening the door for the central runner up to make the postseason. The reason why that matters is because. Whoever, if the Brewers win the Central, they would match up with that last wild card spot, whether it's the Cubs or the Reds or the Marlins remains to be seen. But as things stand right now, both the Cubs and the Reds are virtually identical records, 60 and 56, 61 and 57, then Miami at 60 and 57. And it's really just those three teams in the immediate hunt for the last wild card spot. San Francisco is two games clear of that last spot in second, and then Philly is sitting pretty atop at four and a half games clear of the wild card standings. Real quick, Who's Hot? It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider, and it's their end-of-summer sales event. Save up to $2,000 on qualifying Daikin furnace or AC units through the end of the month. Schedule your appointment today and view all other promotions at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com, Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. You got to go back and watch that Devin Williams ninth inning, man. That was a thing of beauty. Struck out the side against the meat of the order. Uh, talking to some folks on Twitter this week, you might know one of them, Brandon. Man, I was telling you why Craig Council was using Devin Williams in the ninth inning in a tie game. It's because you need to make sure you get through. And tonight was a perfect example of that. Would you rather have now? Hindsight's 2020, but I want to remind you this is a rookie on the other side. Would you rather have Abner Uribe there in the ninth inning against Eloy Jimenez, Yoan Moncada, and Andrew Vaughn, or Devin Williams? See? Devin Williams. That's why you use him in a tie game. You can't get through not having your clothes there available. And two things happen in tonight's game that I think are significant that lead into tomorrow. Number one, he saved Hobie Milner. Now, it's going to be tough for Hobie to get into a game because there are not many lefties in the regular starting lineup for the White Sox. Uh, the only regular lefties would be Gavin Sheets, who had the night off, and Andrew Benintendi, who handles left-handed pitching pretty well. They have a couple of switch hitters like Yoan Moncada, uh, like Yasmani Grandal. Uh, and then Oscar Colas, of course, left-handed as well, but he's at the bottom of the order. Then you've got all the righties lurking behind him. The Brewers dodged the bullet, having Luis Robert not available today. He's got a finger issue. He could be in the lineup tomorrow. But, nonetheless, they still have Hobie Milner available in that bullpen, and one of these guys would have to go back-to-back. And the other thing that the Brewers have going for them is they have another off day coming on Monday. So they had the off day yesterday and an off day on Monday, Craig Council can afford to be aggressive with his bullpen, given he gets those natural built-in breaks for his pen moving forward. So that's a couple of things to keep in mind as this series continues tomorrow at 6.15. We're going to hear from the manager himself, Craig Council, coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Happy weekend. A good way to start things off. The Brewers get a victory over the White Sox. It's kind of wild how little these teams face each other anymore, given all the rivalries back in the 80s and 90s, back in the American League days. But 
I digress. I don't want to see any more of Eloy Jimenez if I don't have to. That dude can hit, uh, but he's also very, very fragile. Nonetheless, and he can't play defense, but he can hit. He can certainly hit. Uh, let's hear from the manager after this, and this was a fun game, and his bullpen really stepped up big for him again. Here's what the skipper had to say. Expecting another close one. That's what it was. Three straight uh, extra innings affairs. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a story yeah. for you guys. Yeah, right? yeah uh, I wasn't joking. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we got. It was a crazy game, and um, you know, a lot of chances um, that we didn't execute on. But in the end, we 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 executed well, and. Um, you know, it started out with a great base running play by Bryce Terang. I mean, that that's, you know, I would say 95% of the league has doubled off on that ball, and, and that was really important. Um, gave Mark a shot, and he had a great at-bat and gets us a run, and then Abner did a heck of a job. But um, that's, you know, how it finished. And in the, in the interim, we got some good performances. I thought Yoel, Piamps, and um, Devin were great tonight. I thought Elvis was really good, actually, just kind of some bad luck, honestly. So... You know, our bullpen did a, did a really nice job to, to keep him there. That's back-to-back games where Mark's had a big hit. I mean, and that's the, the kind of experience and the execution that you guys wanted when you acquired him, right? Yeah, I mean, two uh, two hits in the tenth, right? Two doubles in the tenth. That's uh, those are big. Those are big at bats, and uh, he did a heck of a job. How about Abner? You know, uh, he had one previous save opportunity, couldn't come through there, but uh, today it just. I mean, he locked it down with relative ease, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he his his fastball was really good, and it was like at the bottom of the zone, and it just and at the bottom of the zone that you know you feel like sometimes it's it's a ground ball, um, and he so he you know he he, um, he just made good pitches, and it's hard to, it's hard to put hard to make good contact when it's down there. It seemed like Corbin was kind of battling himself, but was able to just kind of figure things out towards the end. Yeah, and that's kind of what he said too. Is he, he I think in the fifth he he really felt good. Um, and then just to get a, to get those two outs in the sixth was was really big for us, really, just to to set up set up the bullpen and set up the appearances. So, you know, that's that's you know the bottom line is he kept us in the game. Um, you know, it was nice when Willie got that hit to put us back within one. That was that was important, and I think it gave Corbin a little boost to to keep putting up zeros. Um, and you know, you want everyone to be good, and we we we. Played a poor first inning, frankly, defensively, um, to, and that that allowed them a couple runs, unfortunately. But Corbin had to battle tonight, and it was just one of those days where he had to battle. Another one of those games where Sal kind of made his imprint in different parts uh, of the game. That catch in the eighth inning against the, the netting down there—that was another just tremendous play by him. Yeah, it was really nice play. Um, for sure. I mean, we're just you know looking for outs, and um, it was it was a great play. Talked before the game about the importance of each win throughout the season. Do they start to feel like they carry a little more weight though as you get here closer? Yeah, I mean your job is just to rack up wins, and and if you just rack up wins, you kind of don't worry about anything anybody else. And um, so we we accomplished that tonight, and, and on to tomorrow. And, uh, is Corbin doing okay? And something he's evaluated in the first day. Yeah, he he his. He slipped on a pitch. His, his kind of hyperextended his knee, but um, should be okay. Okay, all all 
exhale. It's all good with Corbin. Just a weird little slippage. Every mound is different in the bigs. It happens to everybody. So he's all right. Brewers get the win. Let's relive it coming up next with some highlights right here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Things started fast tonight for the crew. The open over three-game set against the White Sox. In fact, just two batters into the contest. Two-one pitch. And a line drive back up the middle of base hit. Yelich is going to be sent to round third. The throw will come into the infield, and the Brewers, two batters in, have a one-nothing lead. Jeff Levering's call here on WTMJ, but it would be short-lived. The Brewers would leave the bases loaded in the first. Then the White Sox would respond with two of their own in the bottom of the first. But a quick response again from the crew, from the man behind the plate, Victor Caratini. Hits this one in the air, right center field, way back at the track, and it is gone. Tie game on Victor Caratini's sixth home run. That was a bomb. Trace Thompson gave it a little courtesy leap at the warning track, but that ball was well out of here. But then once again in the bottom of the third, the White Sox would punch right back. A two-run no-doubter from Eloy Jimenez would make this a 4-2 game. They would add another run in the fourth, but first some great defense from the new guy at first base. There goes the runner. It's a ground ball through the right side, but smothered by Santana. Gets to his feet and wins the race to the bag. That is a tremendous play by Carlos Santana. Lane Grindle's call. Santana leads all of first baseman in defensive run save. So remember that play for a little bit later. Now we go to the top of the fifth inning. The Brewers trying to get to Michael Kopech. Willie Adamas has been slumping. 0 for his last 18 with runners in scoring position. Not anymore. Kopech checks his runners and throws. Swing a line drive to left, a base hit. One runs in. Freelich's going to be sent around. Benintendi's throws towards the plate. The slide, not in time with the tag. Two runs single. Willie Adamas, he goes to second on the throw home. And then in the sixth, the Brewers were not done yet. That made it a 4-5 game. Then a wacky way to take the lead with the bases loaded and William Contreras at the plate. 0-1. Tap back towards the mound. Bummer fields trying to get it to the plate. It's high and back to the backstop. One run is in. Here comes Weaver to score. The Brewers will have the lead. The ball was out of play on the throw from Bummer. Torres, the home plate umpire, was blowing the call dead anyway as the ball got out of play. Two runs were going to score regardless. The Brewers now lead it 6-5. to five. So they take the lead, and then in the bottom of the seventh inning, though, the White Sox would take it back on a couple of paper cuts, uh, an infield single, a bloop double, and then an infield grounder that almost Piguero grabbed. Instead, it's a 7-7 game. In the eighth, it, was, it stayed tied, thanks in part to Sal Freelich. Here's the pitch. Fly ball, right field line, Freelich angling. Foul territory, reaches up, makes the catch as he bounces off the netting. Moving to third is Thompson, but an incredible catch by Sal Freelich in foul territory. Leaping up and into the stands, and then got trampolined back onto the field of play after making the catch thanks to the protective netting down the right field line. Jeff Levering's call once again, but this game's still tied 6-6, six to six, and once again for the third straight game, we go to extras. 
And it's the same guy, Mark Canna, the hero today. 3-2 pitch. Line down the left field line. That is a base hit. It'll roll into the corner. Terang's around third. He will score. Canna on his way to second. He delivers in extra innings for this second consecutive game. Brewers lead it 7-6. And then just for good measure, let's make some history tonight. Abner Uribe looking for his first big league save. The pitch. Ground ball right back to Uribe, finds it in his glove, runs to the bag himself, and the Brewers will prevail in extra innings here tonight. 7-6, your final. Uribe with his first career major league save, and the Brewers take game one of this series in dramatic fashion here tonight. 7-6 in 10 innings, the final in Chicago. Back with more to wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. All right, last couple of minutes of the program here. Tomorrow we are on the airwaves with Brewers warm-up at 5 o'clock. It'll go until 5.40 when network coverage will take over tomorrow. And first pitch is scheduled for 6.15. Again, 6.15, in case you're wondering. Why? It's because we're on Big Fox tomorrow. So if you're one of those folks that like to sync up your television to the radio call, reminder, we are on Fox tomorrow, not on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Valley will be back on Sunday. It'll be Lane and Josh in here in the radio booth tomorrow, and then it'll be Jeff and Lane once again on Sunday, as Jeff's actually calling the game for Big Fox tomorrow. And it'll be Brandon Woodruff against... Jesse Schulten's a pair of right-handers going at it tomorrow for Game 2 of this series. Then on Sunday, 1-10 is the first pitch. We're on the air at noon. Freddie Peralta against Dylan Cease. Get your popcorn ready for that one on Sunday. And again, just a reminder, the Cubs and the Reds did win today. So the Brewers remain two and a half games clear of the division. And again, this division has never had a lead larger than two and a half games at any point this season. If the Brewers manage to win on the same day the Cubs and Reds lose, it would be the largest lead of the season. And uh, I'll have some audio to play on this tomorrow before first pitch with Brewers warm-up. Craig Council talking about that exact scenario that every game matters down the stretch, down to the very last week of the season. So that you can catch that on uh, WTMJ tomorrow. With Brewers warm-up starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, again, the Brewers need all the wins they can get as they get ready to take on a couple of division leaders and the Dodgers and the Rangers. The Dodgers are en route to a 6-1 lead right now. The Rangers just beat the Giants 2-1. to So it's going to be a back-to-back series against first-place teams. It's not getting any easier for the crew here coming up. My thanks to Craig Kishan for joining us here on the program. It'll be Jerry Augustine with us again and for you listening with us throughout the show. Should be a fun one down here on the south side. Come on down and join us if you don't have plans. For our producer, Matt Sossler, I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.